Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Reader Syndicate 3.0, the next evolution of the look into counterculture that is canon. My name is Matthew, owner of Riot Seeds, and this started as a one-man mission for strain history and breeding science. Over time, it's evolved into something bigger, better, and more of a team effort. We will be joined by members of the Canaluminati and other friends throughout the seasons to hear their takes on grow techniques, breeding science, strain history, and more. Our mission is to combat the narrative that corporate cannabis and seed posers are obfuscating for their own financial benefit. Welcome to the underground. We are the syndicate. Welcome to Breeders Syndicate. I'm Matt, here with my co-host Thousandfold, and our constant stay guest, Mr. Farmer fucking Dan. Now you can see his face too. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to cuss today. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Dan, I'm not allowed to cuss in within the first seconds. 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. All right. This, this, all right. Uh Welcome to Breeder Syndicate. I'm Matthew here with my co-host Thousandfold and our friend Farmer Dan, who's been a mainstay on the show. Welcome, my friends. Um, today we're going to be talking, kind of revisiting our our uh, cookies, breeding with cookies, and and the dead ends of cookies, and whether it is a breeding dead end or not. Um, I decided, and actually we kind of as a group decided to revisit this a little bit. Uh, I was re-watching the episode that we did, and I think it was super informative at the beginning, but um, there's a few narratives that got spun in it that just don't ring true, and I tried to kind of put that put that out there during the episode while we were recording it, but it doesn't seem like it was heard very well, and now like I'm seeing stuff pop up on social media that XYZ is responsible for cookies and this and that, and it's just not true. And, and of all things that we want to do with this show is combat misinformation. Like first and foremost, it's, it's not good. It's, it's, it's the opposite of our mission to make it about an ego thing. Like I'm responsible for this, this, and this, and no one else, you know, like all that is, is the opposite of what we want to do. And it is our biggest episode and uh, it was a hard decision, but we're going to go ahead and redo it, reshoot it and try to keep it as accurate as we can for the time being. And again, if things change, we'll do another one. You know, uh, as much as all of us are kind of sick of talking about cookies and all of its derivatives, it's uh, a necessary thing. And it just seems like people only heard the last, I don't know, two minutes of the episode. This morning. So with that, Thousand, you want to kick it off and, and tell them where we're taking it? Yeah. So I think where we start um, is looking at the major components, at least that we are aware of, of cookies. So... 
I think out of F1 Derb, Cherry Pie, uh, GDP, Purple Urkel, and OG Kush, maybe we start with the F1 Derb. What do you think, Matt? Okay, so the F1 Derb is a very unique plant. Uh, it was not passed around a lot. There's a lot of um, debate, be it from Kenny Flowers or Powers. Um, it, it, he says that he's never passed the cut, but we know like he doesn't really grow. And, like, he has other people make seeds for them, so of course he has to pass the fucking cut. Um, but, you know, there was a guy named Cookie Monster who kept the F1 Derb for a long time, and he was responsible for the F1 Derb account on Instagram. And that's the exact cut that we have in the circle. Um, yeah, I, it's it's a unique cut. It obviously has a lot of the structure that you see in cookies, the really unique structure, um, the bubbly bracts, very, very specifically. Um, the knobby look that cookies has comes from a lot of the F1 Derb stuff. Uh, it's it's debatable on whether it's an S1 or not. Again, it's one of those things where we just won't know. There is another cut called, we call the, the Durban Bay or the Bay Durban that um, CSI got from Green Dragon, uh, I think five, six years ago. And he was growing them side by side because we've been doing our F1 Derb projects together. And he was growing them side by side and thought somebody screwed up the cut because in Veg, they were so identical that he was sure someone screwed up, like one of his workers screwed up the cut. So he was all pissed off. And then they start flowering and they're almost identical looking, except one is green and one is a deep black purple. Um, there's differences in the turf profiles, but we'll see over time, like how, at, you know, acclimatizing and being in the same room over time, being fed the same stuff over time. We'll see how much those turf profiles like either get, you know, similar or if they break further apart or they stay where they're at. But as of right now, it seems like one one is a descendant of the other, one is a sister of the other, bag seed of the other, hybrid of the other. We just don't know. Um, it's a really, really unique cut. And as much as I've always taken what Cookie Fam says with a grain of salt, because none of them are breeders, barely any of them are growers, um, it does seem to hold true that F1 Derb is a major component of forum cookies proper and probably thin mint as well so yeah i don't know dan what do you if you have any takes on f1 derb at all i've never even had a chance to see it i've never come across the clone i've got more thoughts on the next few okay so one th other thing i'll add is this is a, one of the main reasons i'm redoing the show too is that you know there were some rumors going around that the anus cut um or anise <laughs> you know so you can call it what you want i call it the anus um, is the mother or is F1 Derb? Um, yeah, there's no relation. Um, when that claim was made, the person who made that claim had never smoked, grown, seen F1 Derb. So it was kind of a bold claim. Um, but going off what me and CSI have seen, there's no way. Uh, it's just not, it's just not there. Um, it does, the anus does look like a, a, uh, Mendo Perps type. Um, whether F1 Derb is a Mendo Perps type or not, unknown. It's it's very different looking than F1 Derb. I'm sorry, than, than Mendo Perps. Um, yeah, I'm gonna leave it there. Uh that's that's one of the I, I can't believe how fast that spread. And when well, I'm a part of something that's misinformation, I gotta cut it. Yeah, with that one, I, I don't feel like it was ever like explicitly said too, because I kind of filled 
that gap in myself as well and thought that for a few months there where I was just like, oh, I don't think he wants to say it out of like humility or something, but like I completely fell into that trap too. Yeah. And, and, and in fairness, like I got to watch from behind the scenes how that narrative that narrative started evolving. And it started with like, hey, I think someone else saying, hey, I think this the mental purpose is in cookies. And then it just kind of slowly evolved into connecting this dot and string and dot and string. Yeah, but without actually any additional data points. Yeah, zero right. data points, no more grows, no more flowers, no more nothing else that Anna's cuts not around to be even compared now. Like there's a whole lot of stuff that was missing from that. Um yeah, that that data point. So eh, I'd rather I'd rather stick to what we know and what we've seen and what we've experienced. And I've actually grown F1 Derb, sourced it very early on, used it, bred with it, ran the plants from it, the progeny, uh, chased it back down via Frostboss and, and Stony. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it takes it takes growing stuff, smoking it, learning about it, their progeny, their supposed progeny, to really try to make educated conclusions on stuff like that. Just saying it. And isn't enough. And that's probably where I'll leave the F1 Derb conversation after now. I did want to ask you one more thing, Matt, which is what was your anecdotal experience with it? Like, um, I'm not asking you to obviously make any claims, but maybe like, you know, what are your speculations on it based on what you saw of its traits or, you know, anything interesting that you noticed? Um, so when I grew it, it was very like, what's the word for it? Like it had a champagne Merlot type smell. There's some pissiness, but... I never caught the gingerbread end of it. And I think there is some sort of gingerbread end to it. that other people smell. Um, it's very herm prone. That's, that's like the first thing you notice when running it very herm prone. Um, it's looser than it looks uh, like visually you look at it, you might think it, it's more dense like cookies, but it's not at all. Um, is it a Durban poison is probably one of the questions I get the most. I would say there's no way in hell it's a pure Durban poison. Um, it's got a lot of Afghani type traits to it, which Durban poison is a, well, there's a lot of different things called Durban poison. It's an area in Africa. Um, there's a lot of things that come out of that area. Um, traditionally there's the Dutch passion Durban poison that most people think of. There's the NorCal Durban poison, which is ultrapeniline. Um, I believe it was the Mel Frank Durban poison cut that was all anus, you know, like, uh, aniseed. So this isn't necessarily that. Um, with Kenny Powers, he said a few times, a few different things. He said that uh, F1 Derb is the Derb crossed to F1. And what is an F1? He said it's like a Formula One race car, and that's why we <laughs> call it that. And then he also later said it is Durban crossed to Durban crossed to something crossed to purple pain which was like a purple from the bay area which is probably like an urkel gdp but hard to say hard to say don't see a lot of urkel in it so that, yeah that's that's probably the most I, I could say about the traits other than what we talk okay. about later on in its relation to other things yeah super interesting and obviously people are now starting to grow out some of those crosses so we might yeah. might learn more over over time okay so we can move on to cherry pie you want to kick it off, Dan? Yeah, I started seeing it in like 2014, 15, I think. Um, the clone was at HPRC and Arcata. 
And so that's where I picked it up at least. And um, I grew it a little bit. I kind of wasn't a good grower yet. And so I got like little popcorn buds of just like rock hard. It was like green with marbling like stripes of purple through it. And, How hard uh, was it? Rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And uh, it was really nice, man. I remember that a pound of it was like the size of a football. Yeah. It was the smallest pound I think I've still seen to date. And so um, it was really killer. I enjoyed it. The smoke was kind of meh. Like it, it was tasty, but didn't get you that high compared to like the diesel headband OG that kind of everyone cropped out at that time. It was just another one like that people kept a few plants of in like their outdoor patch just as like variety. But like it wasn't like a bulk produced plant that I've, I don't think I've seen anyone ever bulk produce it. Yeah. So my first experience with the cherry pie was on IC mag. Uh, Lump status had just gotten a hold of the cut. And was growing that and some of the other cookie fam cuts. And I remember looking at the cherry pie on there and just thinking, this is so gorgeous. And it was, the forum was, he was also growing the forum publicly on there. And it was very unique looking. But cherry pie really, really, like, is it cherry? Is it like a cherry pie? Like, that all was very intriguing. And looking at it, it was just, it looked like more of what I wanted to grow uh, versus the forum. And I remember reaching out to him. We weren't friends yet. And uh, I reached out to him and I was like, hey, dude, what do you want for that? Like, what do you want to trade for that cut? And uh, we ended up doing some sort of exchange. I might have given him right Barry OG or something like that. Like my mom cut of that. And um, an, a, a mutual friend of ours who I'll shout out, Gail from PNC Ape, radical dude. I mean, back in the day in San Diego, he ran a place called People's Nursery Care, PNC. And he had some of the most legit he's where i sourced strawberry cream originally from that clone um the soul assassin number three and one what else did i source from him la affy just all kinds of stuff dude like he was so responsible for so much ending up in my hands um so shout out to gail gail's legit and like there were so few clones that i ever got and i was like ah, i don't know about that one from him he was so much before his time doing great uh provenance of research serious about it and he had a good business down there really good business and uh he's still up and running somewhere i think i don't know what he's necessarily doing now but he's still out there kicking it and he came and brought down cherry pie along with some other stuff and uh it was about 2011 and my first time running it the first thing i noticed was oh my god this is gassy like there's a lot of gas to cherry pie not just the sweet end, but there's a gassy end that you could pull out of it. Um, reminded me a lot of like an OG gassy type when you pull gassy OG out. Um, what else was there? Beautiful purple colors that you can pull out of it. Uh, structure sim very, I'll, I'll bring this up right now. It, there's a structure so reminiscent of the F1 Derb that it's almost hard to ignore that they're absolutely related. Um, I would venture to guess Urkel GDP type. Uh, with the F1 Derb makes sense to me. Um, but there is some kind of gassy OG Kush to it. And there, there's some speculation, like with me on, on F1 Derb, maybe having OG cross to it at some point um, or inside of it. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's most of the cherry pie tale, unless you guys got any questions or to add. Yeah, anything else you want to add, Dan? Or any other questions? Just remember it had like little like triangle buds. Yeah. You know, like it was all popcorn. It was very similar to Forum in that regard, where it was yeah. like all small buds that were like very, very dense. 
And you could tell they like looking at them even as clones when they were growing that they were probably directly related in some way as well, the forum and the cherry pie. I also vaguely remember it growing pretty slow and shitty. I don't know if it was growing slow and shitty at the time because it was so young at that time it hadn't been passed. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I can't remember really. Um, but yeah, like when I think about it, I, I vaguely remember just like kind of a shorter, um, slow growing plant, which would kind of lend itself to something like a an Urkel or a GDP. Oh, let me add in intersex. Intersex. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Big time. <laughs> Big time. And and yeah. if it is related to uh, the F1 Derb, then that's probably why um, that trait seems to be pretty heavy in cookies and cherry pie and, and a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. I kind of want to foreshadow at this point that we're probably not going to get around to constructing any kind of timeline and that this is kind of a that these genetics are like a crazy circle, don't know, you know, inbred nested yes. uh, ring of whatever uh, cannabis human centipede vibe. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, we can move on to GDP. Ooh, GDP. So there's, this is another one that has, I don't even know if I want to go into the history of GDP so much as kind of reference it. I know CSI yeah. is like, his opinion on GDP has changed a lot on what is GDP, what is Urkel, which I don't even know if he's brought up publicly, but it's 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 interesting, real interesting. And I'll leave that to him. Maybe when uh, he owes us an episode, and I reminded him just this weekend, you owe us an episode, buddy. And he apparently, agrees. Uh, Kush, apparently, Kush of the Giants and Little Hill are both going to try and add some pressure as well. I don't know if it'll help or not, but. <laughs> know. He, he knows. He knows what's up. Um, GDP. So. There is a wonderful video with Ken Estes talking about the history of GDP. And I remember a long time ago on the forums, I transcribed it so people could actually read what Mumblemouth was saying. And essentially, he said that he was given the clone by Native American shamans in front of some headlights at a ceremony of sorts. And uh, because he was such a cool white man, they decided to gift him this magical clone that was not only skunk, but like from Vietnam and all this other stuff. And it was the most purple weed he'd ever seen. Um, yeah, I mean, GDP reminds me a lot of an Urkel type. And they seem to be directly related in some way. I don't know if one came before the other. Uh, back in the day, almost everything was called GDP, whether it was Urkel, whether it was Great Bape, whether it, I mean, all those names were so interchangeable. It became really hard to tie it down to a specific clone. There was the Ken's GDP, referring to Ken Estes, that was super purple. Um, and then he made a seed line that he called Granddaddy Purple, which really screwed everything up. And all of a sudden, everybody had the real GDP, Ken's GDP, because he put out the seed line of fence seeds. Um, as far as relation, it's, I don't see much difference between it and Urkel and how it breeds to really say... Again, which came first, the chicken or the egg? But they're both so heavily involved in Thin Mint, in, in Forum, uh, in my opinion, that they could be synonymous and used interchangeably in that way. Grapey, purple, slow-growing, um, super Afghani outdoors. They have more narrow leaves than they would broad leaves, so some people would confuse it for a sativa outdoors. But, I mean, it's short squat, short internode spacing. Um, yeah, super grapey. Um, but in veg, both the GDP and Urkel are some of the absolute skunkiest 
cuts you can have. When you take cuts of those things, it fills up a room and smells like just straight skunk spray. Um, but when flowering, about week six, they go from that skunky smell to sweet grape. And it, it's a big change up. But yeah, that's what I got. I don't know if you have much experience with it, Dan. No, so I've never actually held like a verified cut of any of the real purples. Um, they were a little bit before my time. Like I remember buying bags of stuff called GDP and there's really good purple weed in it, you know. Um, but one thing that I've always thought was interesting was I saw this, um, uh, peer reviewed paper that where they had collected a bunch of clones out of American grows and, um, you know, done the gene correlations and made a phylogenetic tree and, um, all of the purples were clustered together. And then all of them were also very much more basal. So like you have the tree going off of like all the modern cuts and you see like OG and you see C99 and all the shit just on this main branch. And then out of nowhere from way more basal, the purple shoot up to the top. And to me, that kind of lends itself to the stories. There's a few stories that we've heard on the show of um, people being given seeds from the 70s. Yeah. Um, and I've heard a few of those stories myself outside the show as well. And I think that's kind of where most of them arrive from is from like Afghanis and like, you know, cuts from the from the east over there. And um... with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Them getting stored and then popped by people in the 90s. And I think that's where most of these cuts come from. And it actually showed that Grape Ape was the most basal out of all of them. Does that mean like the the parental? Yeah. yeah. Like further upstream, right? Is what you, when you say basal. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Like it, it would be like Grape Ape and then like a branch off of that and it would show GDP and a branch off of that and it would show Urkel. Um, and like I can't remember the placement of each of them in regards to each other, but it also depends on like what the named cut that those people collected were, because I've never been able to yeah. tell the difference when mm -hmm. someone says, Oh, this is purple Kush clone. This is a GDP. This is a purple Urkel. Like they all are really, really similar in my opinion. And um, uh, yeah, I think that they're all probably very closely related, if not renames of cuts or bag seeds of each other. Yeah. The SR 71 purple Kush was a big one. And I had that growing side by side with Urkel back in the day. And that was sourced from Blue Sky Cafe or SR71, which became Blue Sky Cafe later on. And I could never tell the difference between the two. Like Sometimes we'd say, oh, the SR71 is more hashy, more earthy hashy. But like it could have just been different, you know, just small little different 
I don't even know, bro. Like they were all so similar, all of them. GDP, they all grew short squat, short internode spacing. Um, I had less trouble with grape ape. I always thought it was kind of prettier and had more narrow type leaves, but I've seen Urkel perform that way too. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, I think you're right too. I think it's just an, uh, an introduction of old purple Afghanis. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's one of those things where it was so many clones were passed around in the same area of California with these different names. Obviously Urkel didn't pop up as a name until family matters was a TV show. But before that, oh, yeah. it had other names, you know, like just purple, purple bud, purple skunk, you know, things like that were around. Um, GDP was named what it was because it was supposed to be the OG purple, the one that came before all the other ones, the granddaddy of them, you know. Mm -hmm. But whether that's true or not, or just like someone trying to push a narrative, again, like trying to find that original called, it would be damn near impossible to untie that unless you find someone that's had it. Good provenance going back however long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna prompt this next one, which is uh, we're gonna obviously talk about OG as well, but we've also seen uh, we've also seen Urkel hybrids of OG uh, Urkel OG hybrids out there uh, mm -hmm. made by other people. Like obviously Caleb's got T one thousand, and I can't remember the line that that was from. What do you guys think based on looking at just straight OG Urkel type hybrids? and how they might resemble cookies or not you can get really really close you can get damn close to cookies with it um it's not the most common expression but you can get really damn close without without the it, 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 without the f1 derb essentially but you've got a little bit different of a structure you always get a more og type structure um i do still think that it's part of the reason why i think og is an f1 derb though because it's only a little bit of a hint of a difference between an Urkel OG hybrid and what we knew as Forum, per se, you know? Um, yeah. The the Thin Mint, to me, was always more narrow leaf, which I was kind of wondering where that came from, as opposed to this Urkel OG hybrid. And it may just be that difference between what's dominating in there, and that's the F1 Derb. But F1 Derb also looks pretty broad-leafed in, in many ways, so I, I don't really know. Um, yeah, Caleb did a lot of, uh, Urkel and OG hybrids before he made it up to T1000. He had the Savage Purple, which is SFE, uh, SFE Urkel. Um, there was God's Gift back in the day, which was GDP OG that was real famous in, in California. I used that early on. Um, I think I even did some, but a lot of people were doing that combination. You know, OG was hype and purples were hype and that's what people wanted. Like, the Soul Assassin number three looked like an Urkel OG. Looked just dead on like an Urkel OG. Didn't have the same knobby structure or bubbly calyxes that um, or Brax that that uh, Cookies has, but the resin production was absolutely insane. There was a lot of gassy skunkiness to it. Um, it was short, low yielding, like popcorn structure. It had a lot of the. It ticked a lot of the bo same boxes. Really, really high THC testing. Really dull high. But yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, like I've seen some OG hybrids with different purples. And the only thing that makes me go back to Mendo Perps is the, the anise and the licorice terps. Because those terps are, they're so prevalent when you breed with cookie stuff. 
And like, it's, I think one of the main components that makes that sherb aroma as it's like referenced, you know? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And I don't really get a lot of, like when I've bred with this stuff, I don't really get skunky or grapey ever. You know, it's pretty much always like some creamy licorice type thing with some gas. And uh, that's the only reason I think it in some way, in the most incestuous way possible, leads back to Mendo Perp as the the donor for the purple. And um, also, I mean, it's hard to say, though, because Mendo Perp's also its purple traits are true purple, you know, yeah. versus the other ones. They're very... Um, uh, climate dependent, you know, like the temperature dependent. And so um, that's like the counter argument is that it's like, oh, well, there's not a lot of true breeding purple in cookies lines either. You know, it's always kind of that gray purple and it comes on late, whereas like Mendo Perps and some of its hybrids will like purple out in a hot room in week two. And so um, it goes back and forth. I see data, data points that point in both directions. You know, and Mendo Perps, another thing about that is that it has a lot of magenta in it that's true breeding as well. Like, yeah. it's hard to shake magenta out of Mendo Perps hybrids down the line. And yeah. I just never see that in the cookies on its own. I just mm -hmm. never thought, but it doesn't mean that you can't directionally breed. You know what I mean? Like, it could always be a directional breeding and, and manage to avoid that magenta trait. It's just, it's like with uh, the other place I see it is in Chitral. And like double purple doja, stuff like that from the blackberry. And there's always been some kind of um, theories on whether, you know, blackberry was related to Mendo Perps or not. It, Mendo Perps may be one of those old purple Afghanis that was floating around and God knows where it came from. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily believe every story I hear now, but I do think it was a base for a lot of the purples. I do. Um, how it got to be that base, whether it was a sister, whether it was one cut, whether it was bag seeds going around. Um, NorCal, and it wasn't even necessarily the first thing called Mendocino Purple. There was other Mendocino Purples yeah, earlier. Sure. Yeah, so we're we're gonna, we were going to do an episode on that too, right? Like we were going to do a purple pink magenta, maybe. Oh maybe? yeah, 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 yeah. We were, huh? See, I'm all making fun yeah, of you. Yeah, we were going to do that instead of this. Yeah, that's right. We were. Yeah, originally. Yeah, but this needed to be done okay. for sure. So we've sort of talked about OG already. Is there anything else to add um, on the OG side of things? As far as this goes, like with cookies, like um, a really good example of an OG dominant cookies would have been something like uh, animal cookies to me. It was it was the the more OG end of forum. I mean, they almost again they almost looked identical in veg. Um, they almost looked identical in flower, except it had more of an OG Kush structure and more of an OG Kush scent. And that was probably one of my favorite cuts out of all of them because I really like OG Kush. Um, I don't think you get cookies without OG Kush. I don't think you get yeah, it. I don't think so. I think so. you can get OG KB, OG Kush breath looking stuff without OG, but I don't think you can get the gassiness in OG KB and the potency with just Urkel or with just like an Urkel type. You can get the mutation. You won't necessarily get the gassy and all that stuff. Yeah, I look at it and I see the structure and like the leaf to bud ratio where it's like basically just like a two little leaves that are at the base of the bud and then it's all flower above yep. that. That is like the modern structure that I see. And I think all of that comes from OG from my own breedings with it. And it's it's the number one thing that gets passed, even if you miss 
by a mile on the Terps, um, you still end up with that structure and that look. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just a major component of, of what we're talking about. I just don't think you have it without the OG, essentially. Nice. Well, uh, coming up, we have we have another cut, or at least another name that we've covered quite a bit, the Sherb. I'll let you run with this one, Dan. <laughs> and I guess it's like, yeah, which Sherb are we talking about? I guess you can go into that, too. I yeah. only talk about Sunset when I talk about Sherb, because in my opinion, it's the main one that matters. Like, the whole green Sherb thing and Skittles and all that is, it's fun to talk about. But, like, Sunset Sherb, to me, was, like, the first one that was, like, a really, really good cash crop plant that came out of all these lines and um you could get great weight great potency a variety of aromas from creamy to like pure fuel on the same cut um and uh, i have pictures from some grows that i did of it in i think 2017 um that are just like whole rooms just filled with donkey dick buds just swaying in the fans and um i love that plant i wish i still had it but um as far as like what it what it's made of like i don't really believe the story of og kush pink panties i mean we've seen that picture of pink panties now that we've passed around to each other and um i maybe i could see it but it's uh it's so purple <laughs> yeah and, you know like it's, it's... a turd bro <laughs> <Pink laughs> yeah like... fucking turd it's not it's airy again herm prone uh, terps like no resin production and the whole plant. this can kind of go into the last one too of the pink panties like buku conversation it's like i don't see how you could like cross a burmese to an og and have that plant in one hybrid i just don't think it's possible no. <laughs> because a burmese would be like a 20-week flowering like equatorial southeast asian sativa and so Maybe something went around called Burmese at that point and they crossed it to an OG, but I don't, it looks way more like it's some sort of like an F1 derb derivative to me. There was a Burmese that Reeferman passed around that was predominantly like Afghani. <laughs> like it obviously was not a, you know, high Burmese <laughs> land race at close all enough. by any stretch. Yeah, close <laughs> enough though, right? Um, I could definitely see that being Buku. Um, it was also very harm prone, but there was a line from Vancouver called the black Burmese that was mm. definitely super purple, definitely super herm prone and using reefer. I'm pretty sure it's reefer man's Burmese. I don't know what, if, if he got it from the dude at VISC or they traded it or one came from the other, but I'm betting it's the same one and God, it was trash. And that's the only thing I could see with pink panties was sure. My, my biggest problem with it is there's a scent in Sherb that goes through every single thing that has Sherb in it. I can always mm -hmm. smell it and it's, it's a lot of it's pretty smelling, but it's like a peppery note that I don't like. And and I, I don't oh. ever really hear people mention it, but it's just like a, it's so hard to explain, but it's a no, note. It's like what Biscotti has. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's so prevalent in everything that Sherb has touched that is, I, I just, I couldn't, I just never liked it. It's one of those ones I can't like, like uh, RS 11 has it. Like it's a big component of RS 11, the, the scent that I'm talking about, but some people love it. You know, it's just one of those personal yeah subjective things yeah it's um sunset sherb is also responsible for what i would say is like the majority of like the modern hype cuts at the moment like jealousy yeah. and all that it's all from like sherb biscotti 
in crosses of one type or another. And so I think it's by far the best breeding out of all of them. Like if you want pretty consistent plants that throw big buds that are purple, have these modern turp profiles, like it's probably the one you actually want to use. I don't think using the gelatos, I haven't seen it really go anywhere besides making more gelato. Yeah. You know? Same. Whereas like, and same thing with Sherb, but Sherb's just better. And so yeah, maybe it's just agree. like that one step removed farther back that makes it breed slightly better. I don't know. But um, I have not mm. been a fan of breeding with gelato for really anything. Good segue, because we were going to go into that. You know, I don't know if it's fair to call it that next generation, but gelato, wedding cake, I don't know. Like, you guys so, have the taxonomy better than me. So wedding cake to me is... it. You know, like a lot of people lump that in with cookies, but to me, it's more of a triangle type of plant. You can find that turp profile that, and to me, I just call it cardboard turp profile. Some people think it's like creamy, you know, yeah. it adds a creamy component, but I just think it's garb, garb profile. And, um, I'm, you know, everybody always shits on me because I naysay all this shit, but like, I really don't like it. It's the, to me, it's the, the one direction I would not want to take triangle. It's the midzy. Uh, commercial version of triangle to me and someone locked it in and called it wedding cake um, i can't remember jace lazy something like his name's yeah. one of those names Jason's here. but so i'm like, not really so into it i spent a lot of time trying to like map this stuff with the last job that i had because like i really wanted to see like what directions you could go down by like mixing and matching some of these cuts and like the um there is like a very big gap between like where everyone went with gelato and the sherb cuts, um, which I would consider more similar versus like the animal mints hybrids that JBZ made. That's honestly yeah. kind of like its own side shoot. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just as incestuous. You know what I mean? Like look up like ice cream cake to wedding cake to animal mints. Yes. It's like it's all the same cut basically just reworked a thousand different ways. But um, they are separate lines, in my opinion. I think that wedding cake and gelato are two different things. Same. Yeah, I just, yeah. If you gelato... were forced to, like, oh, sorry, Matt. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to ask Dan, like, you know, he mentioned that, like, he could see these, like, broad distinctions across these broad groups. Like, if you could, if you had to put words to those distinctions, what would they be, do you think? Um, well, like wedding cake, like Matt was shitting on because like it was a seed line originally that was released. Mm -hmm. And so there's I barely ever come across the same cut of wedding cake twice. You know, same thing with Gelato 33. You know, it's just like I think it was originally a seed line that was released or like maybe he did like a Gelato 33 BX or something like that. And so um, oh great. My power's fluttering. Um, and so uh, it. uh What am I trying to say? It uh, There's just so many of them. I've had really nice cuts of wedding cake that I liked, that I bred with. and um, But it's just one of those things that um, wedding cake is creamy, huge buds, some purple, not always. Um, potency is meh. Same th I mean, they're, they're honestly just like flavors of the same thing or the same family, but that they were taken in separate directions and then ran with. You know what I mean? Like wedding cake doesn't have in those lines, they don't really have a lot of overcross back into gelato until you get to ice cream cake. Cause that's yeah. like wedding cake times gelato 33. I'm pretty yep. sure. Um, and actually I loved ice cream cake. I thought it was a good cut. 
um, is a good cash cropper or made me some money over a few years. And so um, it's not something that I miss that I now that I don't have it. I've never but, run um, it or smoked it ever. I kind of look at the three main categories as like the Sherb Gelatos, the green Sherb Skittles, and then the Animal Mints wedding cake stuff. Those are like the three main groupings in my mind that for you me, can actually like map out as separate. For me, like wedding cake, the way I look at wedding cake is the dead end of triangle, whereas gelato would be the dead end of Urkel triangle to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that, once you hit that point, like you can make a whole bunch more wedding cake type stuff and name it whatever you want. But it's always mm -hmm. going to be very similar to wedding cake. And I think that's what 99% of the market is, is either the dead end of gelato. And once you've got to that, it's almost like uh, having a, a trepinolini haze. Once you get there, you can't really wipe it out that well. You could try, but it's always going to be there. I mean, I was trying to do it with Blue Bonnet and Wedding Cake. And it just, to me, it just made like a meh, creamy commercial Blue Bonnet. It was not novel, yeah. unique. Um, and it, it, when you start inbreeding, you start back crossing and not knowing what you're doing, that's kind of where you're going to end up, in my opinion, or, or, or bad seeds of bag seeds of bag seeds of bag seeds in the same direction, mm -hmm. you know, like gelato. Yeah. In my opinion. So you're essentially in like a genetic cul de sac. At that yes. point, right? Yes, that's the best way to put all this. Like I, I always say it's like a, a shit breeding dead end, but a genetic cul-de-sac is probably a nicer way of putting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so really the question I'm just paraphrasing you is like why like there is no real value to taking those things any further. Like within, In my opinion. Know, within those constraints, right? Well, yeah, and what you end up seeing, it. what you end up seeing nowadays is that people take things from outside these lines or from like more basal regions, and then they try and reflavor it while keeping the look, the structure, the trimmability, like all that. And so they're like, well, now we've got cherry gelato. Yeah. Now we've got Z flavored gelato, you know what I mean? With runts kind of thing. And um, it's all still the same shit, whether you throw a little you know, like you're saying like a blue bonnet, like, oh yeah, but blueberry gelato now, you know, yeah, it's, right? uh, but it's still midsy and it's still like has all the problems and it, you can't take it further really because like you start ending up with all these negative traits, like the little aborted seed pods yes. that are in they're in everywhere in these lines. Like you can't get away from them. And so like, if you hybridize like a bunch of gelato and skills together, like, or, uh, permanent marker skittles whatever these crosses you want to make together you end up losing like 50 percent of it to a lot of these negative traits even if it's good smoke it's usually the best cut too where you're like oh this <laughs> smells good this has actually got some potency to it and you grind it up and there's like a million little aborted seeds in the in your you know little pile of weed and so um it just depends on if that's like a deal breaker for you i guess or not but it's not something i want to see with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I just, I just wish that people would do more novel stuff than like gelato runs, gelato, OG, gelato, gelato, you know, like, 
and it and to me just the that's 99 of the market that's what people have been told that they want is buds that look just like this mm-hmm. and that's what i mean to me that's what compound was gelato 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 and just ran with it and it's still being run with and it's i just it's people what the reason i really really dislike it just from a breeding perspective is because so much was dropped in place that was novel Mm -hmm. unique old because the market was demanding so much of that crap that like like i've been talking about a lot of breeders are asking me hey do you know where i can get a good og cut because there's no there's not a lot of OG cuts out there anymore because people wanted gelato and demanded it so much that OG just wasn't in demand. Bags wouldn't sell of OG. And realistically, it costs money to keep moms of something that you cannot make money with. So it's either done out of like a sense of duty, um, a, a love for collecting, uh, or monetary. And if you don't have all three in some cases, it's just not going to fly. And it seems like that's what's going on. And it's it's hype at its finest, marketing at its finest, and easiest mm-hmm. and sheepish to me. And people are getting so mad that I say that, but it's, it's all I <laughs> another, see with it. Another phrase comes to mind for me, which is that these, again, paraphrasing both of you, like these these names are just like all like false alter, alternative, uh, blah, blah, alternatives. Yeah. yeah. I can see yeah. that, yeah. You, it's the illusion that you're, you're choosing between varying things by actually you're not really choosing yeah. at all. And I mean, realistically, illusion like, of choice. With, with all yeah. the cookie stuff, like, from day one, like, none of this, that didn't, Girl Scout cookies doesn't smell like thin mint cookies, and taste like thin mint cookies, chocolate, you know, like Andy's mints, what the, f- and, and it just carried on, whether you're talking about sherbet tasting like, like orange sherbet, no, it doesn't, mm. like, uh, wedding cake to me creamy yeah is it sweet creamy battery no like eh, just I, it's marketing it's marketing and it's just so dishonest and i don't know why like i specifically i remember when animal cookies came out and before i had it there were a couple of um gentlemen i don't remember who they were talking about it and reviewing the bud and they're sitting there smelling like oh my god this smells so much like animal crackers Oh my god! And I was like, God damn, that would be fucking awesome, Animal Cracker Bud. Like, that would be the shit. I like the smell of Animal Crackers, and so it got really built up until I grabbed it, and I was like, This is not Animal Crackers. This is OG. Like, the yeah. fuck, you know? Like, a lot of false promises get sold, but at some point, that expectation was just wiped, and people didn't have the expectation for a name to have anything to do with the scent, taste. Or there's something psychosomatic going on where they're convincing themselves that, yeah, it's totally animal crackers, you know? Either way, tards. Yeah. You can influence people's perception of aromas by the marketing of its naming and all that, you know? If you say, like, hey, this is, you know, smells like cookies, people smell it and maybe they get some of that battery and, yeah. and they're like, oh, yeah, it kind of does smell like cookies. And I'm like, what fucking cookie is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not chocolate <laughs> chip, man. That's not that's not peanut butter cookies, you know? Yeah. Um, it my mind, bro. Yeah. But it's like yeah. you really I mean, like right. you can influence people's perception of aroma very easily. And so like yeah. when I want people's opinions on like what something smells like in a jar, I don't tell them anything. Because if I say like, do you smell the lime? They'll be like, eh, yeah, actually, I do. 
You know what I mean? Because yeah, your brain is filling it in, you know? Yeah, when you, I think when you experience uh, a field of complexity or noise, it's very easy to project things onto it. Kind of like looking mm -hmm. at clouds, right? Daydreaming, yeah. looking at clouds and stuff. And your yeah. friend goes, oh, do you see, do you see the like battleship? And you're like, yeah, I can see that. And it's like, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, the human mind is very malleable in our like perception of reality. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh -huh. Some people yeah. have it worse than others, I guess. I don't know. Uh, you have to have a certain certain sense of skepticism to, to get past that, I think. Like, just be an inherently skeptical person to not have your mind made up before you sniff something, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, the same as Dan. Like, yeah, if if my if my partner's bought us some new coffee, I'm not, I don't want to read the bag because it's going to say that it has apricot, strawberry, you know, whatever. I want to try for myself and then see what they said about it afterwards, just so I can compare, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, yeah. Otherwise it is too easy. I can't imagine those things too easily. Either you're the kid that sniffs your friend's finger when he says, smell my finger or you're not. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Well, and like most of the time without any information, like that's why I love showing my wife weed. Cause like, she's just like, yeah, it smells good. And that's like how yeah. I am with most things. If it's like, if I'm smelling a bag of coffee, I'm not thinking about like all the other things it could possibly smell like or taste like. I'm like, oh yeah, it smells good. And you make a cup and you're like, yeah, it tastes pretty fucking good. But yeah, then you, you read the bag and you fill in like, oh yeah, notes of caramel and you know, like yeah, right. <laughs> all the things. And like, suddenly your brain's like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I tasted that. <laughs> the Starbucks graham cracker coffee really does taste like graham crackers, though. Well, yeah, because they probably pureed some fucking graham crackers in it. It's so good, bro. <laughs> so good. I'm glad to be able to drink coffee again. That was a long time I couldn't drink coffee without puking. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm there True. with you. If I have more than one cup, I'm like, what? Yeah. It was bad for a while. So... Was it worth us talk? I mean, you guys already, you know, reference permanent marker and RS11 and <laughs> jealousy. Like, is it is it worth talking about those at all? Yeah. So you go ahead, Dan. Yeah, go I've ahead. I've bred with them in the past year, like pretty extensively with the last place I was working with. And um permanent marker, I think, is actually some pretty good smoke. It's not something I would take to a desert island with me, but it's like good variety because it takes that like sherb anise profile and it's just like cranked up. You know, yeah. and it's not that potent, but it's just, it's really, really amazing flavor. Like, I think I sent, um, I sent someone on the server a couple bags of like, I think it was a Skittles S1 permanent marker and um, a few other things. I can't remember off the top of my head. And even he agreed. He was just like, the permanent markers, like even compared to the Skittles, it's like a very similar profile. It like mm -hmm. has elements of the same thing. It's just like turned up to 11. And so, um I thought it first, was really nice. It was the first like cookies directional thing that I had smoked in a long time. I was like, oh, I kind of actually fucking like this. Yeah, but it lasted a day. It, it, the tolerance yeah. part, you know what I mean? Like that quick cookies buildup of a tolerance to where it just, yeah. you know. And you see it, it in the, you see it in the lab analysis too. It's like not a very diverse sample as far as like any accessory cannabinoids or like small amounts of different um, terpenes that you look at. It's it's kind of just like oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and it breeds, they all breed very dominantly because they've been so like inadvertently line bred by multiple different people over the last, you know, 15 years. Yeah. Um, and so permanent marker is very much like RS 11 and that like, not that they breed the same, but that they're very consistent in their structures that they pass. You'll see like when I cross permanent marker, 
everything looked like permanent marker and it just depended on whether the um the other plant had like a more dominant aroma profile or something so like i was crossing it to some fruit punch type stuff and the fruit punch just always came through and it looked exactly like permanent marker and i was like this is fucking boring <laughs> <It's> <laughs> terrible same thing with rs11 rs11 does like like a nice gelato structure and then these like thin little finger buds that are just mm. like you know a small collection of calyxes just like stacked on each other and um it was all garbage in my opinion i looked at it and i was just like oh let me take notes on another fucking plant that's exactly like the last one and um they're very predictable and that's what i don't think people get is that these things may be massive polyhybrids but they've polyhybrids with the same base components and so things actually do get fairly fixed over time and um it's usually the bad stuff and um pretty looks you know low potency pretty looks some a lot of cardboard terps but um they're very consistent in what they do like rs11 like unless you cross it to something like a bully like a train wreck or a blue dream or something like that like i can tell you exactly the breakdown of like the types of expressions you're likely to see because it is so consistent um but it's consistently bad <laughs> like the, the the really nice clones that get pulled out of these hybrids are the exception to the rule so when you buy these seeds and you're like oh it's you know zope times this or that like you're gonna find mostly trash and like you may be the one that gets lucky that finds like a really nice tasting one or one that has some unusual potency for the line but um they rarely all line up in one you know, like I'll run 50 to 100 seeds of some of that stuff and just be like, oh, my God, why can't I find one that has the looks, the potency and the aroma? They're all segregated in different combinations and I cannot find them together. And um, it's really frustrating work to do. And what if there's um, low population breeding. What other than, other than just inbreeding? I wonder if it's just low population pops, bags, yeah. low population pops. Yeah, for sure. Like things yeah. can get fixed inadvertently and be kind of like bred, quote unquote, completely unintentionally. And you can have traits that get fixed, you know, and some I, of them can be good and some of them are bad. I, I just like the reason it made me think of that was like DJ's blueberry. Like I always go back to that. Almost yeah. all of my my thoughts on on stuff like that are uh, what I've seen in blueberry from a low population playing around type situation where, you know, it was three plants in a room, one herms on the other or one, one pollinates two other ones. You mix up the seeds. And then for the next four years, you cross the sativa type to the indica type. So you're inbreeding small population, Yeah. even though it, it just, and it turns into variant, but inbred low floor, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. And, and you can fix it. It's very easy to fix throughout crossing to the right thing, but not everybody does that. Yeah. No. And like, I, at this point, I really like, like, uh, for like the future of this kind of stuff, like, I don't really think there is one. It's like, what hasn't been crossed to one of these cookies things? Like, what are we really going to find? Like I've done it where I like take a nice cut of blue dream and work it into some of these lines and yeah. like, you know what? It's all trash. The best ones are always like, Oh yeah. It's like basically blue dream. Yeah. The best ones like reflavoring, you know, yeah. but like, I don't think that there's anything you can like cross to this stuff to really make it new and exciting for me, at least. Like I've just seen a lot of it and mm -hmm. um, the farther back you go, the better it is not forward at all. 
And so yeah, I um, had a question originally that was like, oh, how do you, you know, quote unquote, fix or counterpoint it? But I think you we saw that. we saw a good yeah. example of them trying to do this using Bodhi's Congolese cashmere. Like, yeah, that's more like unique and wild than the Congo cash. I got to run it, you know, so I got to see what it was like. It was unique. But even in doing that, I've not heard of anything like insanely amazing coming from it. And that's not to shit on Bodhi because he's a fucking amazing guy doing cool shit. It's just that's where cookies was yeah and like what they end up wanting is because like i've been in these rooms on these breeding panels where like you do the work and then someone else gets to pick through it and shit and like catch muck yeah yeah and like you do the work you try and make something new and unusual and you know what they do they pick the one that's most like the modern parent and (laughs) it'll be the worst cut out of all of it you're just like that's trash i didn't even want to show you that jar but i had to because the way this works and like like why did you pick that and then they want to breed with it afterwards and they're like look at this new thing we made and it's just not true it's all it's all trash most of it at least and like maybe you can find something that has like a novel aroma but most of the time it's just like a jacked aroma from one of the parents and then you added it to this structure and this like thing that people like but i think people need to get away from that it's like the structure of the weed like doesn't matter at all (laughs) just because like if i need a seven gram jar to put an eighth in it because it's larfy but it's really good really nuanced tasty weed like why does weed have to be rock little little rocks little pebbles and dents and like why does it have Uh to be purple and like why does it have to have this Mm -hmm. dessert name attached to it and i think that people just don't even especially the younger people i talk to like they don't even really know about like real diversity in weed they think that they're looking at all these names permanent marker sherb uh, jealousy and they think that they're all these distinct things from each other and they're just not at all it's all marketing and so like the way forward is to just like ask for new things like actually new things maybe don't buy your weed from a dispensary if you have the option you know what i mean because like there's a lot of people that still grow in their homes and in their backyards that don't give a shit about what's popular and what sells because it's just for them and their family and their friends and um that's the like move that i'm trying to do is just like i'm gonna grow things that i like make things that i like and then i'm gonna find the people that jive with that you know, I don't care about making sales and like growing something that's guaranteed to make me sales because at the end of the day, I'm not a one trick pony. I don't like need to make money off of weed. It's just nice to like do the work and feel rewarded at the same time or like have it not just like cost you money for having this like very life consuming mm-hmm. hobby. Um, yeah. But yeah, we need to yeah. get away from this like fixation on color and density. And I think that would solve most of the problems, you know, you can still cross GDP into other weird stuff. And like some of these more basal components um, and get really interesting weed. Yeah. This is more or less where I wanted to, where I wanted us to conclude, which is maybe just for fun, speculating or reflecting on what those possibilities are. Even like, for example, whether it's, we talked about uh, different uh, Urkel OG hybrids earlier on. But even like thinking, okay, in an alternate hist- in an alternate like timeline where instead of Urkel there was Blue Bonnet, like what would that what would have happened, you know? Um yeah, something yeah. or any other thing that's like equally distinctive. Chitrolli. Um, Chitrolli, um, double purple dojo was a big one during like the the late two thousands, double purple dojo based on Blackberry or Blackberry Widow, whatever they were really using. 
Um, a lot of that stuff is so different and far removed from what Urkel types are. Um, there could have been a lot of novel cool shit done with that. Like even sub cool, as much as much as people know my contentious relationship with a human being was when he was around. Um, the double purple doja was uh, insane. Like it was a basically a purple, like a blackberry version of Apollo 13. And we don't really see a lot of Apollo 13 types anymore, especially now that, that TGA is temporarily gone, but we're going to see a resurgence soon. But uh, like, that was cool. That was way different than, than any of the cookie stuff. And you still got like the novel purple, maybe not as much leaf resin. Maybe it wasn't geared as much to bubble hash. And that's another part of it is like people just see resin and they think, oh, hash, bro, you know, yeah. yank it. But you got the colors, you got unique terps, you got really potent highs uh, in many cases. Mm -hmm. um, Chitrali has very similar beautiful magenta colors, and it's just so far out of the realm of what people are using today. You know, a base Pakistani, which is essentially, you know, very similar to an Afghani, mm. um, slightly different elevations. That could take oh. things in so many different directions. Just randomly as well, like even if you kept Urkel, like what it would be like to not use OG, right? Like we uh, we've seen we've seen Urkel Chem D. Yes. Uh, dogs mm -hmm. Waltz, is that what it is? Uh, or, that's no, not, I mean loosely. Trace dog, sorry. Yeah. No, so not exactly, but you know, like that that even that's quite different and quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's a, a lot of people's favorite cut. <laughs> it's a cool, <laughs> it's a cool cut. Um, Urkel, what did, I did like an uh GDP bubbleberry. It was really unique back in the day. It was one of my very first crosses. Um, there's a lot of different things you could do with GDP and Urkel. Um, even like an Urkel tie, like you know, like the like the like banana tie or ju the juicy fruit tie that was in banana tie across to Urkel would be insane. It would be really really neat. Um, two totally different types. It's not. I just it's like to me Urkel wasn't the problem. It was really. Not not unique thinkers. The the okay. everybody trying to do the same thing and capitalize on the same thing really easily. Like for me, cookies was very easy to grow. It made everyone look like they could grow really well because you yeah. it grew itself, you know. And um that in itself made everybody start growing it too. Like, oh, I look like a rock star. Look how frosty this is. I'm a dank grower, bro. I can feed this nitrogen like a tomato all the time, and it still blows up and frosty. Yeah. It, there's so many different directions and people are just so sheepish. I hate it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's turned me yeah, off you know, in general. I realized that when I was asking uh, alternative to cookies, i.e. like the rest of breeding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I there. It's not asking anything. Yeah. It's just a small niche. But <laughs> even outside of cookies, though, if you really think about it, it's like people think that nowadays people would think breeding with OG is probably original. And I'm like, once again, like what hasn't been crossed to OG? <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. think of a single thing, you know? And so like, if you look back, uh -huh. we are actually still just using the pieces from previous hype eras where yeah. it's like the purple cuts and the OGs and then now all the modern stuff. And so like, that's yeah. the only thing I really care about nowadays is stuff that predates almost all of it. Yeah, because the rest of it's already been done and it was done well a lot of the times too and like you're probably not going to have the same access to the versions of the cuts that the people that did it really well when it was around um did and so um i just look for 90s weed now you know i want to super skunk everything like yeah right that's that the next shit. thing yeah but yeah. to me also like but that's almost like 
a little bit like souring and everything up or like chemming everything yeah. up or OGing everything up. I think there's it's the same component in all those three. They give it like the soapiness sometimes when you explore the S1s yeah. in different directions. Um, so it's really not that novel or unique, but it's taking a step back to where you can see all the other components that are in those things and then stuff that you've never seen. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where everyone goes because it's like it's so standardized now, you know, like things only get selected when they grow a certain way and they flower yep. in a certain time frame and they respond to nutrients that everyone uses the same now. And so like like what we've seen now is and I think it's already there is like like we're all drinking Budweiser. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter where you buy it from. And like it, it can have all kinds of different names, but it's really the distinction between like Bud, MGD, Miller, you know what I mean? Like it's like all the same cheap, shitty beer. And it's all the same cheap, shitty weed. And it's grown with no love. And like a lot of times because of the way testing standards work, you would be appalled to look in the rooms that these big companies with good reputations have. And so, um, need a whole there's, episode on that bro yeah there's just like it's it's <laughs> terrifying like people that actually love this and actually care about what they consume and what they give to other people like you would all hate to see where it's gone and um they can spin it whatever the way they want with their marketing but there's a lot of really horrendous things that you'll see in a modern grow nowadays and the absolute lack of caring the only thing that matters is the schedule yep it doesn't matter what the plant wants, what would make it excel, what would make it a better product. It doesn't matter. There's a schedule to meet. There's pounds that need to be fit, like shipped out on this date to these people. And um, it's the Beaster era all over again, just with fancy new packaging. Yeah, a lot more money involved, a lot more corporate money involved, a lot more chads, and that's only different. Yeah. That's the way I see it too, brother. Yeah, it's a sad time for commercial weed. But once again, just don't buy, like, if you have the opportunity, like, don't buy weed from a shop. Like, if you have the opportunity with your backyard or your garage or whatever, like, grow some plants for yourself. Like, even on your first go with some some plants or some seeds that you can buy commercially or as a, as a home grower, like, you're probably going to like that weed so much more than what you're paying 40 to $60 an eighth at a store for. Most people like, would be surprised with what they can do, for sure. Yeah. It, and, it's and been made to look very stuff. inaccessible. You know, like seeing all these like 90 lighters, 200 lighters, it looks really inaccessible. It looks really expensive, but uh, it's not. There's there's better, there's there's ways to do it small and mm -hmm. efficient and better, you know, better yeah. controls. Yeah. No, yeah. just a if little you, you don't have enough space, you need to see Migra. Yeah, yeah right? exactly, man. Like, or if you like live in an illegal state still or an illegal portion of the world, like people do it, man. You're and, even uh, more lucky. Like yeah. realistically, like you're more lucky because then you could get some 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 money for your shit, make it worth it. You know, yeah, if you're in a yeah. legal spot. It's also like, yeah, I mean, I'm not. You know, you guys know, I'm not in that. I'm not advocating like, doing even, illegal stuff, by the way. Oh, never. I am no, but even just the fact of being so remote, like we're not really exposed to even like those market pressures or those weird demands. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, for sure. And those are the those are where the pockets of diversity usually thrive is where there isn't the substantial market pressure. And like and what the last frontier in America is the the home grower, 
you know and so like we all need to keep keep going with this and so i don't know maybe there's some opportunity to like form just like weed appreciation groups in your community kind of thing where it's just like hey like it doesn't cost you anything to be a part of it or it's a very small fee like on a a patreon thing or a discord thing and just like hey we all meet up in person we share jars we talk about weed we all love it maybe a little clone swap here and there but like we need to get back to more grassroots methods like that and just like community-based stuff because if we just give it away to the corporations they're going to make you pay more than full price like i don't remember paying 60 dollars for an eighth at a shop during the yeah. 215 era like they were mm -hmm. there you know what yeah. i mean there was a few but it's like by the end of the 215 era you could get fucking 35 dollar eighths of top shelf anywhere in Easy. california Easy. and yeah. it was absolutely killer diversity just anything you could want you could go into a shop and pick from 100 jars and how did we got from there in a short number of years to basically all the same weed with different marketing packaging, you know, and it's all full price more so than when it was illegal, even though it's more overproduced than ever. Like it just doesn't add up to me. I call bullshit like uh, artificial scarcity. <laughs> I, you yeah. know, I mean, but like, this is what I keep trying to drive home in all these episodes. Like you vote with your dollars. You literally yeah. vote with your dollars. There is, it, and trying to explain to people that there's maybe like seven or eight people on earth at, with these big collections with good provenance on these clones, that's shrinking so fast. They're yeah. having to make hard fucking choices. And if yeah. you keep, if you, if you're ever interested in smoking something that's not cookies or gelato, if you're, if you're, you know, one of those people who doesn't just follow the, the straight line, like, with your dollars that's it it's all that's left and if you don't it'll be gone and that's that yeah and what sucks is that like the kind of connoisseur part portion of the american weed market is heady bros who buy expensive fucking dab torches and and puff co's and shit and like they love the newest greatest drop from fucking compound and fucking <laughs> whoever else like whoever the big name of the day is you know yeah they're own like i don't understand how the connoisseur portion of the market is run by people who love the most midsy shit possible even if it's grown well it's just like well dude that's not that great a weed like yeah it was tasty but like like I want to get fucked up. Like I think people forgot that the point of this is to not smoke weed all day and not get high. It's like no, yeah. I want to take one bong rip and like <laughs> sit down for four hours and like forget about like the hard shit in my life. And you know what I mean? Like that's like what I go for at least with weed. I don't want to have to get up five times during a movie to go re up again just to be high and like suspend disbelief and enjoy the show. You know, and so remember, uh, remember when exotics meant something from like another country that you couldn't get a hold of that was wild types. Yeah. Now it yeah. means za like yeah defines cookies. Crap. It's almost like the opposite. It is it's the exact almost opposite. the opposite. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for sure. Smoke and mirrors right in your face. Boom. Yeah, and so like I don't know. Yeah, I I hope people see through these games that people are playing to take your dollar out of your pocket and give you the dumpiest version of something possible for and then ask them to say <laughs> thank you you know like <laughs> right. it's just well, like yeah i did want to prompt you both so yeah i think you know good nice reflection on the state of the market uh at the end there I, but i think we're also coming to an end uh with regards to cookies was there anything else that either of you want to say about cookies um parting thoughts parting shots 
I mean, for me, it's just like it's not it's not what that last episode said it was, and we were really doing a good job of laying out like what it is and what it isn't, and it kind of got crushed. So that's why we had to redo this. So apologies if you guys are sick of hearing. A really about great that. job, by the way. I think I think <laughs> what we got this episode is yeah, more or less what I wanted last time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was the direction it was going. So. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully this will be a, a good marker for it for people to return to. Um, another thing is like I've read the comments every time we do a cookies episode. There's cookie bros coming in calling me a fucking hater and all that shit. <laughs> I was one of the first people using it and breeding with it. So like while I don't enjoy it and love it, I have contributed to the problem. And I'm very transparent mm -hmm. about that. And um, I didn't realize I was doing it at the time. It took a while. Uh but I get it. Like, I get why some people like it because it's novel and new to them. But from a breeding perspective, I'm speaking about everything from a breeding perspective. And a lot of people don't understand that because they don't breed. They don't make seeds. They don't explore different lines. From a breeding perspective, it is a dead ass end. And that's all there is to it. And whether they like it or not, I'm still going to say it. Yep. No, I, that's nice. all I have to say, too, is that it's like we've got a mean, pretty, but shitty girlfriend. And it's time to dump her yeah yeah you know <laughs> like so let's move on collectively as a market and you know try and find some cool new shit because it's out there yeah very nice okay uh dan you got anything you want to plug at all um not really i've got some things in the work so that i have planned out i'm still stuck in this remodel behind me um once i get out of here and the next couple of weeks and get done and moved into this place, then um, I can actually start working again and uh, doing cool shit that isn't permanent marker hybrids. So, I mean, do you, have, do you uh, even talked about it on the show that you're just doing your own thing now? No, I haven't. Yeah, no, I got, got a la, la land. Yeah, you got yeah I got, I got dumped by the corporate bros. Um, oh, well, uh, I was too real. <laughs> apparently yeah, you're still too nice to, to like really pull weight on him. I still think we should flex on him, but you know, that's up to no. you always. At the end of the day, it. man, like they've tarnished their own reputation. It's just going to yeah, be fun sure. watching them release stuff that I made uh, for probably the next two plus years, you know? <sighs> and so I've already heard a few murmurs from people that I know that still work there. And um, they're like, oh, did you make this? This was fucking amazing. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like interesting to me, though. None of the yeah. work that I did there was interesting to me at all. And so, uh, I'm more stoked on the stuff that I have going now and some of the projects that I have planned for the near future. And so, um, yeah, maybe, a, maybe a seed line drop, um, which I haven't done in years. And, uh, I don't know, we're still fiddling around with the reversal sprays and stuff. So, um, we got to get back on track now that I've lost my workspace, but I have already built my new one. So it's just more, uh, time allocation thing. So I'm proud of how you handled it. I, I, you know, like I've lost, jobs where it's your livelihood whether you loved it or not it's your livelihood and you have to make big changes and you handled it like a fucking man so i'm proud of you yeah man thank you no i mean i bought a house a month before i got fired yeah, so. a, a <laughs> yeah, yeah and i gotta keep spending money to like make it nice um, yeah you know so it's like one of those things where it's just like yep but luckily i've already got new work and uh uh out of the weed yeah, industry and so it's much more rewarding and um i'm already happier so that's all that matters bro yep all right thousand yeah. what do you got 
but couldn't have done it. I've gotten, gotten a lot of support from the. Yeah. Um, we love you. I don't think I have <laughs> too much to add. Yeah. I am. Uh, by this point, Matt would have had an out. Well, Matt would have mentioned the 10K subscribers thing. So I'll just point oh, yeah, like, yeah. But in reality, when we're recording this, this has just happened. So a bit of, you know, timey wimey stuff. Um, yeah. So still thinking about that, still stoked about that. Very satisfying. I knew we would get there, of course. It was just a matter of when. But yeah, I'm stoked about that. Um, I wrote this really long, nice thing on Instagram. By the way, follow us at, I think it's, what is it? The.breeders.syndicate. I believe that's the one that I have now. Um, or I'm sorry, breeders.syndicate.podcast. God damn it. We'll put it breeders. in the description. Yeah. yeah, we'll put it in the description. Um, IG sniped our page because people obviously report us because what I say conflicts with their money making. and That's how it goes, you know? Um so we lost everything that had to do with the podcast on there, but we do have the new one up. And uh, I, I wrote about doing like a nice, you know, uh, a cool contest giveaway with everybody who's following on Instagram. Do something cool to, you know, for the 10K subscribers on YouTube, do a, do a contest there. And then one for the Patreon as well. Something really cool for all our Patreon Discord people just to celebrate like hitting 10K. That was a big, big milestone. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, thousand was the driving part behind that. Like, I that just seems so unrealistic when he first came in to like ten thousand. Okay, bro, that'll be like nine years, whatever. <laughs> Kick around shit till then, you know. But um, so thank you Honestly, for that. I just I did want to say I think uh, just quickly in the response to that, like I think when I started helping out, I just knew that all it had to do was keep going for a bit longer. And it would work. I just kind of was fully confident that if we could still have some of our good people around us and still make the show and make it uh, more sustainable, that we would just get there. And uh, I think we actually doubled the subs in six months. I think um, when yeah. I first started helping, we were at like four or five k. Yep. And so, yeah, I, 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 I'm still pretty amazed that we got there in half a year. Um, but I was also hoping that that's how long it would take. So yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like a lot of people don't know, but I was ready to clock out like on the whole show. I was done. I was like, I'm not happy with the direction. I'm not happy with what's being said. Um, I'm not saying anything. Uh, and it wasn't just about me. It was just a lot of misinformation and I couldn't stop some of it. And um, I was done. I was really done. And without Thousand, the show wouldn't exist right now. And I could say that confidently, super confident. I wouldn't have kept doing it. It would not be consistent. Um, I was done. So that's why we're here. So, yeah. And I will say as well, like, uh, I'm also just a proxy for people like Dan, local, Ern, uh, Little Hill, Kush of the Giants, Peaches, you know, probably many other people I, I've, I've forgotten to mention, but, you know, everyone, everyone helped me too, you know, so, and helped us. And so being able to um, get, our friends on and, and help them support us was just huge as well. And I think once we made it more of a group effort, um, mm -hmm. it just changed the vibe as well. Um, yeah. In a nice way, I think. Yeah. Made it easier for me too. And it gave me a lot more hope for, for the future generations. Like I was jaded as hell. Like it's really easy to get very <laughs> jaded and stuck in your ways. And like, just being like, I don't want to talk about new stuff. I don't want to meet new people. I don't trust anyone. Like it's all gone bad every time. And every time anything's grown, it went bad. So um, it's 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 a nice surprise. It's 
been really awesome and a, and a great experience. So yeah, with yeah, that, for me. Um, we have the Sub Rob drop on Riot Seeds. Um, for those of you who don't know, Sub Rob is like one of the most legit dudes I know from IC Mag back in the day. San Diego's finest. Him, Grayskull, his crew. Um, you know, Sour Dub went through there. GG4 went through there. All the earliest shit. He did a, a, a release of um, the Super Silver Haze 98 cut cross to Sour Dub and then a Skunk Dog S1 cross to Sour Dub. We're calling the uh, SSA. SSH, Super Silver Haze, Cross 2 Sour Dub. We're calling it SSSDH. Why? Because we can. <laughs> Snitch named it the other one. And um, what else do we got? We got Pac doing a new Blue Dream drop soon. And he's done yeah. it on his own page. So give him support, direct support. He's got him out right now. Go check him out. Um, what else is there? By that time, we should be having the Blueberry IX coming out fairly shortly oh, yeah. after this episode airs. Um, that's my proudest blueberry work was the blueberry IX stuff uh, in cross. That's what it means. Um, we took it another generation and, uh, I'm super stoked on it. I'm super stoked. And I, and I got to stoke someone else out who was a super blueberry head from Oregon and he didn't believe in any of that. But, like it was really possible that this blueberry existed and he's like, dude, I doubted you and I am mind blown. So that that's the kind of shit that stokes me out when like, you know, you can bring something back to someone like that and have it be true breeding in a line where you can pop, you know, seven seeds and they're all like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so that'll be out. Uh, I know there's more. I don't know. Um, there's more definitely... to come there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more to come. Um, the, the resurgence of TGA, the Space space Dude uh, crosses coming out probably around that time, too, uh, that this airs uh, or shortly thereafter. Um, go check out Gert by Seeds. He's our homie out in Australia. Um, we have Lifted Seeds. Uh, California takes credit card. We have Right Seed Co. Europe, a very, very trusted, good friend out in Europe for the people who are having trouble getting seeds into Europe. Um, what else do we got? Uh, we got my spray. Dan's got a spray soon that we're going to be marketing somehow, some way. <laughs> what else do we got? I think that's mostly it. I don't know. Oh, go join our Discord. The Patreon Discord is where we all hang out. We shoot the shit. Um, we watch fights together. We do all kinds of stuff. It's it's pretty awesome. It's a great community. Um, met some of some of the best friends that we have now there just by people coming in and hanging out and it's a safe space and if people are assholes we kick them out because that's just how it rolls you know <laughs> even if they threaten to kill me <laughs> so yeah there's that and uh with that you guys got anything else or is that it no that's it that's all right it for me thanks everyone right. thanks everyone lots of love want to sit at the table with the syndicate check out our patreon and our link tree or description below our merch site is officially live. We have all sorts of shirts, hoodies, and goodies to sort you out, and shipping is super fast, and most importantly, the quality is top-notch. I've been saving old designs for years for this purpose, so please check it out, syndicategear.com. We also have an underground syndicate discord where we get together and solve old strain history together daily. It's an amazing community of learning away from IG, and it's an amazing resource for old catalogs and knowledge. We hope you join our union of breeders and growers. Come check it out.